Guys, how's it going? Episode 36 here at SoCal Watch Reviews. I am Miguel. On the other line, we got P. P, how's it going? Yo, what's going on, people? This is your boy P. Rouse back in the building for another one. That's right. That's right. And we got a special guest today, P. You want to introduce yeah. him? Yo. Yo, my man is hot, fresh on the scene. Mm-hmm. This is the homie, Brandon. And can you please pronounce your last name for the people? Because I don't want to chop it up and screw it up. It's Manancio. Manancio. There it is. What's going on, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, listen to the podcast. Um, it's it's exciting. It's just my first time and definitely appreciate this opportunity. So I'm excited. You guys are excited. So let's do it. Yes, absolutely. So this is how we're going to do things. So the reason we brought Brandon, not only because he's a very, very talented individual, he literally just started YouTube a month, a month and a half ago, two months ago. About, yeah, yeah. About. So his very first video was of a pair of Jordans. Awesome video. You guys got to yeah. check it out. His second video, though, got a lot of traction, and that was the Black Bay 58. It was, what, two years, like a two-year follow-up, if you will, of how it's been on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, my two-year review of uh, of my beat-up Tudor Black Bay 58. <laughs> and it just so happens that he released that video when the blue Black Bay 58 got released. And tell the good people how many views you got on that video so far. Uh, I think it's like 26,000 at this point. Um, yeah, I got very lucky. I, I, mean, I think I did a pretty good job, but I also got lucky that the blue came out the day after. So I got a lot of residual <laughs> views from that. No, but hey, your, your video is amazing. I mean, P and, and, and yes, we, we were just amazed. We're like, who is this guy? Like he literally just started a YouTube channel and it's like his content is amazing. The B-roll, the editing, I mean, your, yourself, your persona, the way that you, that you come across, it's like you, you could practice all you want, but if you don't have that, thing that it you just don't have it and you have it my friend so you just released another video on your explorer awesome video i recommend everybody go check it out you want to tell people what your youtube channel is so maybe they could go check it out while they're yeah uh, yeah uh first off yeah thanks for the compliments definitely much appreciated <laughs> yep um yeah my youtube channel is uh brandon manancio it's just my name um i'm reviewing and doing videos on watches tech and other gear but I have been leaning towards watches because it seems uh, I've been liking that lately. But, you know, we'll sort of see where the channel goes. I do have some tech ideas. I'm waiting for some new phones to be released. Um, I have a couple pair of shoes I want to review, but um, it might be pretty watch heavy. That's, uh, that's what I'm leaning towards. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So before, before we move on, what do you guys have on your wrist? Let's start off with our guests. What are, what are you wearing today? Oh, of course, the Black Bay 58, my favorite watch of all time right now. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. P? Huh. Omega C Master. Ooh, sexy on yeah. that uh, on that mm. bracelet right there. Yeah. I know. What year is that? 1960? 65. 55. 65. Nice. Oh, 65. Yeah. Wow, how's it running? It's running great. 
Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, he got it serviced and everything, so he, oh, he takes okay. care of his baby. Yeah, and I'm Ooh. wearing my neo vintage 1990s Omega Speedmaster reverse Ooh. panda dial, so J- Ooh, J- JDM edition. Uh, well, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> oh, you meant the you meant the watch. So. <laughs> no, you hey. too, Miguel. You too, Miguel. Hey, thank you. <laughs> um, for everybody listening, we're on Zoom, so that's why he could see me. I'm shirtless right now. Let me go put on a shirt. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so what are we talking about today, guys? Of course, it's very fitting. We brought Brandon because of Tudor. So we're talking Tudor, right? So all about Tudor. We're going to go into the history of Tudor and what we think of the new uh, Tudor watch. Maybe what we would do different if we could uh, design it differently or add something or whatever. And maybe what we're predicting for the future. And then we could go into other things and, and we could do the damn thing. So... I'm excited about this. So I know P did a lot of research on this. So P, you want to start it off? Start it off on uh, the Tudor history. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. Tudor, Swiss luxury watch brand based in Geneva, Switzerland, registered in 1926. That was a long, long time ago. Almost as old as you. You know, right? There it is. You know, uh, at the request of Hans Wildorf. Hans Wildorf, who founded Wilsdorf and Davis with Alfred Davis, with the goal of being able to provide high-quality luxury pieces at affordable prices. Of course, we know Hans Wildorf for his work at Rolex and founded Rolex in 1908. Right. But the Tudor trademark was registered by Swiss watch, Swiss watchmaking company, which I have no idea how to pronounce this. So <laughs> forgive me. All right. Uh, Vignet D. Philip Hutler. Hup, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> there you go. There you go. On behalf of Sounds Hans good to me. Huh? <laughs> sounds, in, sounds great. Sounds good to us. <laughs> in 1936, Wils, Wilsdorf took it over himself and went on and found the company Matrex Tudor SA in 1946. The aim of the Tudor brand was to offer a more affordable watch that would present the Rolex reputation for quality. Originally, Tudor watches were equipped with off-the-shelf movements while Rolex quality cases and bracelets allowed Tudor to provide the reliability and dependability of Rolex, but at an affordable price. Launching with the Tudor Oyster Collection in the mid-1940s, the waterproof Oyster case previously um, exclusive to Rolex was added to Tudor watches, then followed the Tudor Prince line, which was the first to be filled with the self-winding rotor, also proprietary to Rolex, and became the foundation of the collection for many years. And 1952, 26 Tudor Oyster Princes were included in the British expedition of Greenland. 1954, Tudor launched its first dive watch the Oyster Prince Submariner, waterproof up to 100 meters, which in 1958 was increased to 200 meters. In the mid-1950s, the French Navy began to use watches as late as the 1960s. They were buying them in bulk without bracelets, having them put on military issue straps on them when they got them. Um, 1964, Tudor began producing the Oyster Prince of Mariner, 
specifically for the U.S. Navy. The Black Bay 58 gets its name from the year 1958, in which the first Tudor divers watch divers watches were waterproof up to 200 meters. Reference number 7924, or the Big Crown was introduced. This model had 39 millimeter case. Um, that's what I got, y'all. Damn, that's a lot of information. It's a lot yeah. of information. Somebody did their homework. <laughs> yeah, it's a great history lesson for me, too. Yeah, no, the, the cool thing about Tudor, I mean, I was telling P, so look, we've been collectors for, for a minute now, and I've known about Tudor, and P's known about Tudor for a long time, of course. But the more you do your homework, you start to realize that, hey, at the end of the day, yeah, this is uh, Rolex's little brother, little sister, whatever you want to whatever you wanna call it, but at the end of the day, Tudor's done a lot of things and it has a great history on its own um and like like he said you know in the from 1976 to 1980 uh the marine national uh the submariner the new generation the, the with the blue bezel was actually uh tested by 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 some of those people and actually uh i'm sorry the marine national the, the submariner was was used by argentina france africa jamaica the u.s so all these people found this watch to be rugged rugged enough to be in the military you know what i mean and then i read something that in the 40s they marketed the uh one of their tutor watches to uh, or their two watches to uh, miners and you know construction workers and stone cutters and they would have them wear these watches for hours on end just to show the resilience of these watches so they were meant to be two watches you know what i mean and it was it was interesting when Tudor got discontinued or taken away from the U.S. market and part of the of the European market back in 2004, but then when it came back strong in, in 2003 with the Black Bay line, it, it just kind of took on a, a, a you know a different meaning to to the word Tudor right in the watch collecting world. And I think the 58 really just kind of made a splash because of the. I don't know, the sizing. What do you think, Brandon? I mean, why, why did you go for the 58 versus the regular uh, Black Bay? Size. It was all about the size. I mean, when I guess when Tudor came back, um, I don't know if they had the Black Bay originally, but they, they eventually came out with the Black Bay line. And it's, I personally think it's a very attractive line. I think it's cool. It looks rugged. It's a, it looks like a good tool watch. Um, but the problem was when I tried it on, um, it, it just didn't fit me right. It was too big. Um, and it wasn't the diameter. It was the thickness the, um, a lot. And it's the common complaint with the black Bay line that they're the non crown side is just like a big slab. I mean, they didn't design it to sort of, um, to make it look slim. It's not just thick. It looks thick. And then when, and, and that's, I wanted a black Bay, but then finally in with 2018, it, Basel World, they announced the Black Bay 58, and and I just I called my AD immediately. I knew that was the watch I wanted to get because it looked slimmer, it was a little bit smaller, and it had the in-house movement. Even though the Black Bay already uh, introduced an in-house movement, the the 58 was just I don't know. It just looked so cool to me. That vintage five, but you get the modern technology. It's I, I just there was nothing better, especially at that price point. It, there's nothing that can be beat at that price point, in my opinion, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. I mean, if I'm looking up the specs on the regular Black Bay and we're talking 41 millimeter, which is not bad. I mean, 
whatever a lot of not at all wear 41 mm-hmm. but the thickness you're right 14.75 millimeters is a little on the thicker side and yours the black bay 58 39 millimeters and only 11.9 millimeters thick that is a significant um you know thickness reduction and you're right in-house movement mt5402 70 hour power reserve silicone hairspring cost certified and of course it's an in-house movement so there's no arguing with you, Brandon. I mean, at thirty-six hundred dollars uh, retail price, it's an incredible, incredible buy. And I think you did the right thing. And honestly, I, I love the aesthetic of the fifty-eight because of the no crown guards. It reminds me of that era of of uh, Rolex, right? Which I I love the Samariners, my all-time grail, and especially the big crowns, you know. And, and I love that at the twelve o'clock on the bezel, you have that red triangle. It's awesome i mean it's just that that slap of vintage with modern technology and i i love it i full disclosure i've never handled one in the metal i've seen a black bay but not the black bay 58 and i am dying to get my hands on it just because it seems like such an amazing watch yeah it it's um i mean i've had it in the metal for two years now and and it is uh it's actually almost the anniversary it's up to, uh, what is it <laughs> August uh, 18th, I believe, is the day mm. I purchased it. So uh, our anniversary is coming up. So yeah, it's, it's perfect. And that red, that little hint of red at the top uh, on the bezel is just, uh, it's nice. It's really nice. Which, which Submariner is your grail watch? Just Honestly, any Submariner, I, any, any Submariner, and I forget the reference number, but especially from the 80s, just because mm. that's when I was born. And I know it's cliche to get a, a birth year watch, but I don't care. I mean... That, that's what I like. And it's more like the transitional period. Uh, I, I would love to own a, a, a modern one, of course, you know, but if I could get a, a vintage one, I will love it. I love vintage watches and they're, they're awesome. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, they're cool. I, I actually wanted a birth year um, one as well. I'm 85 and I was at uh, uh, one of our local uh, vintage watch shops, want to buy a watch. And um, they had an 85 Submariner. I don't know the reference number. I'm not too good with those. But I think it was like fourteen thousand dollars, and I was just like, I don't think I could do that right now. Fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, wow. for that one, and it was it was really nice. But but that's the great thing about the fifty eight. You get those vintage vibes at an affordable price, modern technology. So yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's another thing, right? So you're spending fourteen thousand dollars on a vintage Submariner. Would you really want to be wearing that on a daily basis? Number one, because of the price, and number two, because it's it's a vintage watch. Would you really, would you feel comfortable taking it to the beach, to the pool? To, you wouldn't, right? I mean, some people do, but I wouldn't, and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't either, right? So, Yeah, I'd be scared. What, what do you think? Do you think that Tudor, the Black Bay 58, compared to the Rolex, do you think it's a better watch or equal or not? Because for me personally, as I look at the, the Black Bay 58 more and more and more. I'm kind of leaning towards the Black Bay. Well, it, it, I mean? it, that's a loaded question, though. I, th- I think it's a two-part question, right? One is a value proposition, and another one's quality built. Okay, besides value. Besides value. Okay, so quality build is that the question right. for Brandon? Right. All right, Brandon. So you, you've, hand, you've had your 58 for two years. Um, you've handled plenty of Rolexes. I'm uh, well, you own a Rolex, but a, a more a older one. So from your perspective. I think I would have to compare it directly to a, a modern Rolex Submariner, no date. Uh, and if you compare it to that one, 
how much are they selling for? I believe they're like a lot. <laughs> yeah, like nine thousand, uh, something like that. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's double or a little more than double the price of the uh, Tudor Black Bay Fifty Eight. So what are you getting for double the price? Right, you're getting it's still stainless steel. Uh, the bezel is ceramic, so you're getting a ceramic bezel. Um, it has a higher um, certification because they do. Rolex does cost certified and then they, they, they certify it their own way with it and call it superlative chronometer. Right. Right. So it's a little bit more accurate. Um, I believe, I mean, you can't see the movement in any Rolex or Tudor besides the North flag. Um, but the movements finishing on the Rolex is a lot better. Um, I think uh, I've seen pictures of the black Bay 58s movement and it looks more Spartan, more, more tool, not, not, not quite as nice of finishing, but I believe the Black Bay 58 has a 72 hour power reserve while the Submariner only has a 40 something hour power reserve. Mm. And so what are you getting? That's really double the price better with a Rolex Submariner, no date, you know? So I, I mean, I like the Black Bay 58 over a modern Submariner. I just, I think it's cooler. And then I think Rolex is a, is an interesting brand to me because I think that Watchners like it. And douchebags like it. So <laughs> right. it could be, yeah. yeah. And then even though if I got a Rolex Submariner, I think I'm getting it for the reasons because that I, I like it and, and, and I have appreciation for Rolex and the movement. Um, but, you know, some folks, and I don't care too much about what people think of me, but people can see me and go, oh, there's the douchebag with another Rolex Submariner. So I, I think the, I, I sort of forgot your question already, P, <laughs> but right. but I think that uh, I think it was about which one is better, and I I, yeah. I just think the Black Bay Fifty Eight is a better it's it's just a better watch to me, especially at half the price. You know, you can't beat that. Right, right. And I, feel I, that. I think the the main question was in the value proposition because I think we all agree, and everybody listening would agree that the value proposition is there. However, when looking at it from a value retention standpoint, we all know and we could all agree that Rolex is not going to lose money. If anything, is going to gain money, right, or value. Uh, in retrospect, now we're looking at the Tudor, and I've heard some things about uh, Tudors on the secondhand or secondary market, and they do depreciate. Um, is that going to be a forever thing? I don't know. It may retain its value. It may not. I really have no idea, right? But for 3600 bucks brand new it's a it's a better value in my opinion now how is the bracelet on it because i know that a lot of people complain about the fake rivets on it so how do you how do you feel about that uh well first i'll, I'll talk about the value a little bit um okay. like the okay. black bays are fairly new right so sure. um we're a lot of the rolexes that have gone up in value quite a bit they're fairly old watches right um now the Black Bay 58 and the Black Bay line, how much will they be worth in 20, 30, 40 years? I really have no clue. I mean, it, it's, it, it's a little weird because in 30 or 40 years with a Black Bay 58, it's, you're getting a vintage inspired vintage watch, which is very strange to think about, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like if you're getting an old Rolex, they're not vintage expired, they're an actual vintage watch. So correct let's see I, I i personally don't think they will be crazy expensive in the future but i can't predict the future um but yeah that's how i feel about the value uh uh retention on the black bays i i, 
I don't know. We don't know. And then um, the bracelet. Yeah, the rivets on the bracelet. That's a pretty uh, hot topic for a lot of people, it seems. Uh, I don't seem to mind. I don't mind them, right? Um, but I know that they're there and they don't need to be there. It's, it's useless. It's, it's a faux riveted bracelet. It's kind of silly when you make something that's not really useful just to look old, just to look vintage. Um, now, you know, the dial is gilt sorta, right? It has a slight fotina. I'm okay with that. But the riveted bracelet is, I understand why people don't like it. It doesn't bother me that much, but I can understand the why people don't like it. So is it a, is it a pin and collar or is it a screw to screw. size it? Screws, right? Screw, yeah. Yeah, so the rivets are just literally just there for aesthetic reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I get why people don't like it. And I didn't really mention it in my video because it didn't bother me that much, but I understand why people don't like it. No, I get it. I get it, man. Well, looking at the dye and looking at the loom, they don't have Fotina, right? It's just the gilt gives it that vintage aesthetic, but not really. I mean, that's just the look. The gilt dial is just... I don't know. It's hard I, because the, the indices are, are uh, surrounded by the gold, right? Right. I don't know if it makes the loom look a little bit off-white to me. So, I don't know. I would, I don't know. Is it Fotina? It's a slight Fotina. It's hard for me to focus just on the loom to see if it's slightly, you know, fake patina on there. Now, do, do you know if Tudor uses the same, uh, what is it, Super Luminova or, or whatever they use in the... It's not super luminova, right? It's no, I, I don't know actually. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. You're shaking your head. I'm like, I completely butcher that. Okay, don't. No, I, no, I have no idea actually. No. Is it blue loom or is it green loom? Because I know it's green. It's green. Green. I think a Rolex is blue. So all right, it's it's just it's interesting to me after doing all my research how how similar Tudor was to Rolex back then. I mean, they had the Submariner. It looked exactly like a Submariner, but when they introduced the brand or reintroduced it in 2013 and came back, came back with the Black Bay line, they dropped the Submariner name and just went with the Black Bay. Um, so that's, that's interesting. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to draw parallels, right? It's like, do they, would they ever have a, a, a date function? And I'm sure that some of them do. And if they do, do they have the Cyclops? Do they not have the Cyclops? You know what I mean? So... I just I just want to see how different they are from Rolex because I've always had the notion with Tudor and that's maybe why I never got into them that it was the cheaper Rolex and I never wanted to be that person that got called out for having a cheaper imitation if you will right so it's like a comparison of like a Toyota and a Lexus right it's like oh you couldn't afford the Lexus so you went with the Toyota type thing and it's like well no I really like this Toyota or whatever you know what I mean but I like what Tudor's doing. They're, they're creating their own identity and just saying, you know what? Yeah, we, we were owned by Rolex or whatever, but, but we do our own thing and we have our own heritage and we have our own David Beckham, right? I mean, some people mm. care, some people don't know as an ambassador <laughs> and Lady Gaga, I, I, I guess, or whatever. But it's interesting when you look at the statistics too, also for Tudor, Tudor sells about 250,000 watches annually versus Rolex mm. over a million watches annually, wow. right? So mm. it's an interesting statistic to, to look at. And then also they're both under these, uh, well, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, it, it's still 
Tudor and Rolex is still owned by a private family trust that was established in 1954 by Hans. Uh, and basically, from what I'm hearing, I might be completely wrong, but because they are a charity or a partial charity or donates charity, they don't pay taxes. Is that true? I don't know. But if that's the mm. case, then no wonder these people are filthy rich, you know, and, right. and they could do whatever they want. And this recession or pandemic is not affecting them at all. They're laughing, you know, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, thing. So P, I want to get your take on this. And Brandon, I want to get your take on this. When you see Tudor, do you see it as a little brother, little sister Rolex, or do you see it as a completely different entity and a respectful one at that? Me, I see it as a, a respectful, totally different entity. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, especially with what they're doing with this new Black Bay 58, like that blue dial. I mean, we talked about this already. Like, I feel like that blue is better than the blue on the Smurf. You know yeah. what I mean? I love what they're doing with this. You know what I mean? And it's something totally different than I feel than what's going on in the industry. Because what was the thing this year? Like green dials that we talked about earlier this year? Yeah. And then who the bus heads with this beautiful blue dial. You know what I mean? Like totally different, man. Okay. You know, so Brandon? Uh, the So I think that that stigma sort of existed, the whole like it's a poor man's Rolex because – I think that Tudor watches looked like Rolexes. They were just Rolexes with a different name. I mean, the crown would still have the the Rolex crown on it. I mean, you the the clasp would some yeah, it would yeah. be the same, just a different movement, right? Um, but you know, with the whole relaunch and the Black Bay line, they, like you said, they created their own identity to where it's there. This doesn't look like you know a modern Rolex. It looks like a it has a distinct Tudor Black Bay look to it, right? Yeah. So I think that they're just separating themselves from that, from from Rolex, sort of, I guess you could say. Um, so it sort of makes them, um, you mentioned the, the Lexus and the uh, Toyota yeah. sort of comparison. And I think that a lot of Toyotas, do they use like pretty much the same bodies sometimes? They look exactly the same yeah. except yeah. different badges, you know? So Yeah, and, I, and that's not really what Tudor and Rolex seem to be doing nowadays. So, not anymore, yeah. Yeah, so I don't see Rolex, I mean, Tudor as being sort of the poor man's Rolex anymore. It's, it's, it's more affordable than a Rolex, that's for sure, but it's a different, it's a different beast, but it still has that, that Rolex, you know, manufacturing, that good manufacturing, that quality, that reliability, Hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I don't see it as a poor man's Rolex anymore. And I, I, don't, I don't even think the old tutors were, you know, poor man's Rolexes. They were just, um, you know, they were trying to, you know, uh, sell to different markets. And um, it worked. They're doing a great job. Yeah, no. Without these years. For sure, for sure. Um, so something I was going to bring up as well is if we had to compare Tudor to another watch brand, would we say that they're an entry-level Swiss brand or they're kind of mid-tier? Obviously not high-tier, you know, we're not talking, you know, <laughs> but tech here or, or, or AP, but what would you guys compare Tudor to? If you, if you had to draw a parallel and just say somebody comes to you and says, hey, where, 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 where do you position this in, in the market? What would you guys say? 
entry level luxury maybe something well i wouldn't like I'll, I'll give you my opinion so i mm-hmm. would never i would never pair it with like an oris oris to me is it's cool watches i own one p owns one vintage ones and and we love it we love the brand but we do feel that oris is probably a little more entry level right so right. i would yeah. i would place it a little bit above oris and it, it's a really interesting spot to be in because for 3600 bucks you get something in my opinion that punches well above its weight like honestly when i'm looking at the tudor black bay 58 i'm thinking it's a 5500 watch honestly what other what other companies are really selling at that price point with the in-house movement and this quality i mean you have companies maybe like nomos uh i think they're really good yeah but not really right. a different style you know it's it's i can't think of anything they like tudor is in their own little price slash quality category it seems i think i would definitely put it above oris and maybe below omega maybe oh below omega for sure i mean come on yeah omega i mean i'm just saying like yeah you know if 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 there's an in-between like with like something like brightening or uh let me see we run a watch podcast and we can't think of any brands. Here. <laughs> mm-hmm. The only thing I have is Nomos. What are Nomos are, are selling? They have uh, about 2000 to, I mean, yeah. they have some more expensive pieces, but like 2000 to 6000 is right. their, most of their pieces uh, price range. And that's fairly close to what Tudor's doing, right? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, different, unless, different, different, different style, that's for sure. But now, what about Longines? Mm, yeah, Longines yeah. for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Or, or here's, here's a, kind of a controversial one grand seiko now i would argue i would argue that grand seiko has better finishing and better movements than tudor what about what do you guys think finishing for sure better finishing for sure after seeing one in person because i have one now like when i saw them online or pictures on instagram or youtube i would hear about the finishing go whatever then i actually held one in my hand and yes there's a huge difference in quality compared to like a right. tutor um now movement um yeah they have their spring drive movement but if you're comparing to maybe their in-house uh high beat or their other uh, movements i mean my tutor black bay 58 is getting is more accurate than my grand seiko that's for sure i mean i think it the the uh grand seiko's looks better but accuracy wise I'm happy with my. With well, unless you compare it to a spring drive movement. Then, then yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no comparison. There's no comparison. But then well, spring drive, you're paying at least 5000 I think. That's true. That's yeah. true. So you are paying a little more. So tell us about a little bit. We're deviating a little bit here. But tell us a little bit about the Suratsu polishing. Because you're right. I mean, when I look at videos, I could see that it's almost like a mirror, right? Because it reflects things. But I've never seen one in person. So tell us, what what is it like holding one in the metal? Ah, uh, just, uh, it's uh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just look at the dial, you look, uh, and this is with the naked eye, not using a macro lens or a loop or anything like that. I mean, I can't find any flaws. I mean, the the um, the lines, the the sharpness of the, the, the indices, it's, it's just perfect, it looks, it, for that price point especially. It just looks beautiful. And it looks like, I'm holding up a, a Rolex or a Tudor uh, in my hand and it looks like it's HD, right? It looks like it's 1080p. When I hold up a Grand Seiko, I'm looking at 4K. 
that's how clear it looks to me. Like there's a huge difference in clarity. It, it's the quality is just amazing on those, especially for that price point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So obviously the, the big thing now that just came out and Pete kind of talked about it, but obviously we want to talk about it is a new uh, BB 58 that just came out. Some people love Woo! it. Some people hate it. Mm. It's a hot topic. People are criticizing Tudor. They're too lazy. All they did is change the color, but some people love it. So let's get everybody's take on it. Same price, same movement, same everything. The only difference is the color, right? So what do you guys think? Start it off. Well, man, wants to start it, it, it off. Ain't that all they got to do is just change the color of it. And, you know what I'm saying? It's a totally <laughs> different game. They could put a new strap on. It don't matter what they do. That blue <laughs> is outstanding, man. Blue is my favorite, favorite color. <sighs> you know what? I almost want to get one if my wife would let me. Do it. <laughs> do okay. it. You know. Don't yeah, divorce them. Don't worry. No <laughs> put me the fuck out. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I'm happy where I'm at, man. For now, you know. She's looking at me crazy. Oh, she's right there. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're just gonna see a shoe thrown at her from yeah. the side. <laughs> but nah, I'll, I'll bullshit aside. You know, uh, I don't see who would complain about that color, man. I don't see. I feel like everything about this watch is damn near purple. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I think it's it's just nice. That color is a, a great shade of blue. It's the Black Bay 58 sizing, all the all the good things about the original Black Bay 58, but that color, it's it's great. Um if I had to choose and I didn't have one yet between the two, I still would probably go with my watch. Um just because I like black. I like black a lot. Um that's just a preference, a personal preference, but the blue is beautiful, man. It, now, I thought about getting it, but I was like, I have one already. But if they do green, if they do green, mm. I'm sold. I, I, I'm a green guy. I love green. So right. if, if they do green, I'm sold. They got to do. But the blue, for people that like blue, and I, I like blue, and that shade of blue, it's, it's, it looks great. I think it looks cool. I got to agree with you guys. The blue is an amazing color. I think it was a good move by Tudor. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, it's just a, a matter of preference. Like, I wasn't in love with the original Black Bay 58 because of the gilt dial. Something about the gold just, I don't know, it just didn't speak to me. But the minute I saw that blue one, I'm like, if I had the money, I would get that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, as far as everything else goes with them being lazy or whatever, I mean, uh, I, I could see, I could see that. I mean, they could have upgraded the, the the bezel right to a ceramic bezel. They could have done a better bracelet, maybe. Um, I don't know. I mean, just changing the bezel would have been, I think, good. Uh, but at I, what cost? That's the thing. Right. Now, come on, it's ceramic though. I mean, uh, I don't know. Can we say the same thing about Rolex though? Yep. Yeah, Rolex. You know I mean? Rolex changes like the smallest details and calls it a new release, right? So. Right. Right. So. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy with the blue. Seeing a lot of pictures, though. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like the hype monster right now. Everybody's talking about it. It's the whole. It's the whole thing, right? So, but anyway, yeah. That's that's kind of the talk on on Tudor. And why don't we go a little bit into your collection, Brandon, so people can kind of know where you're coming from because you you have 
an interesting taste. You have a little bit of everything and, and we, we, we like that, you know, we, we see the passion that you have. You're super passionate. And uh, yeah, why don't we, why don't we go into that, uh, into that right now? All right. So the collection, what do we have? Um, so I initially started out with a uh, Seiko five. Uh, and the reason being is, I, I don't know how I found this. I don't know if it was on YouTube or uh, just a website. I found the guy that was modding uh, Seiko's. He was in the Seiko modding. His name was Nick. Uh, he actually has a micro brand. Um, I think it's, I don't know what his brand is. Is it Orion? Yeah, Orion. Okay. And, yeah, um, Orion, yeah. Yeah. And um, so I got a Seiko 5 and uh, I, I modded it slightly. Uh, I removed the Hesalite crystal and I put in a sapphire crystal. And that was my first uh, sort of mechanical watch. I got that one like uh, three or four years ago. I'm not sure. Okay, and, let me let me stop you right there. So yeah. what what got you into watches was Nick. So you were just randomly watching YouTube or something and you just saw somebody with a watch? Or were you already looking for a watch? Or I mean, how, how did no, the passion I, start for you? I wasn't looking for a watch at all. Um, I don't know how. I just came across watch modding and, and that's sort of <laughs> what got me uh into it and i and i actually wanted to mod seiko's for a bit and then i sort mm. of saw that it, it took a lot of work and <laughs> and then you know with that i started to to learn about other watches um but yeah it was all that that seiko 5 that started it off and uh Who modding that was that seiko 5 uh, it was the snk 795 i believe let is it the one it that looks like a Sarb, like very similar to a Sarb, kind of? Sort of, yeah. It has a red seconds hand. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah sort of. So we had, I had that one. And then um, not long after that, um, um, I got one for my brother. I got the SNK 809. Mm. Uh, so I got that one. Yeah. And, and we modded that one as well, a little bit. So we changed the crystal. We put a, a sapphire crystal. And so you did the modding or who did the modding? No, me. I did. How? You bought a machine? I mean, how, how'd you? Nah, you get like a little toolkit online. I think it's like 20 bucks and then you could remove crystals and, and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, we removed mm. the crystal. We thought about the changing the hands and maybe even the dial, but I like the way that they look. I think they look yeah. cool as is. We just right. wanted it to be scratch resistant. So we put a sapphire crystal. And the then the line is the blue version, right? It's the, no, the black uh, version. We got the black version. The black yeah. version. Okay. And we yeah. like that, that that field look. I so we the, got I got the eight oh seven, I think. That's the blue version. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There I like them all. I like that 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 line they have there. And yeah. then but the thing is it's not uh the case is not it's it's like uh, coated or something, right? It's not right. it's not polished. Yeah. So we got a Dremel and we polished the bezel. Oh my god. Yeah, so <laughs> he has a so he has a polished SNK eight oh nine uh with a sapphire crystal. Um, so even though that's not my watch, that was sort of something I was proud of. And he wears it all the time. OEM so strap or did you change the strap on it? Uh, yeah, we changed the straps on both of them. Uh, my watch came on a bracelet, I think. And then I immediately got like a leather strap on it. I thought it was nice. better on the leather. I believe, I think we'll see, but I think my next video is going to be on that watch. So it should be. We'll, it see. Should be. we'll see. Now, before we move on to the next watch, is your brother into watch collecting now because of you? Uh, he's in college, so he likes watches, uh, but he's not really collecting right now. He's really into music and, uh, 
he wants to get a tattoo. <laughs> so that's that's his thing right now. <laughs> yeah, got it. So got it. He's, but I have another brother who um, I actually got to watch for him. He was in the mil. He is no, he was in the military and he was serving overseas. And uh, when he came back, um, uh, I got him a watch, and I got him one from uh, that guy Nick, uh, that micro brand. I got him an Orion. Wow. Um, yeah. So he's got that one. We didn't mod that one or anything, but uh, mm. he's got that one. So. Um, yeah. And he, because of that watch and maybe my sort of passion for watches, he's into watches a lot too, but that's still his only watch he has, but he's in the process of searching for a new watch. We'll see if, wow. he, if he ever gets one. We'll see. Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. So how long did you have the Seiko before you got oh, another man. watch? I would say at least a year, at least a year. Um, and um, I was looking at other brands and I had no clue that watches were that expensive. I, I was like, this is ridiculous how expensive these watches are. So yep. um, I just started to look for a good watch that I thought that I would keep for a long time, meaning like forever, that also wasn't like overly expensive. And that's where the Black Bay came in. I saw it. Um, I actually think David Beckham is cool. <laughs> Some people think they don't like that he's a brand ambassador for Tudor, but I think he's very stylish. I like the way he dresses. I think he's for sure. Yeah, he's a very stylish guy. And I saw him um, in an ad wearing the the original Tudor Black Bay, um, the black one with the uh, in-house movement. And I thought it was so cool. So I went to to look at one in person. And that's when I was like, this is too big. I hate that it's so big. Right. And then you know, Basel World came around 2018. And that's when I got the Black Bay 58. So I got the Black Bay 58. And I like that watch uh, for I still do. Um, but I still had that itch for another watch. Um, oh, and, no, you got bit by the bug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got bit by the bug. And, and I was debating between a lot of pieces. Um, mainly Rolex, though, I really wanted a Rolex. Um, and I eventually settled on the, uh, the uh, explore uh reference 14270 with the swiss watch. only dial yeah uh so i ended up getting that one and i like that one a lot um i don't like it as much as my black wave 58 i'll tell you that um i wear my black wave 58 way more the the only watch in my collection that's sellable is that rolex explorer and no I, way I, really yeah oh, yeah yeah dude. i consider it sometimes we'll see we'll see i like it a lot but that's the only one that's that's that that i could you know sell and and get a new watch for. Um, but yeah, so I've had that one since um, about a year now, actually. Yeah, about a year, a little over a year now, I got that one. Mm. Um, and then for our wedding anniversary, our two year anniversary, my wife got me a Grand Seiko SBGM 221, I believe is the reference number. It's the GMT with the ivory colored dial. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, it has the date and then the, the, the GMT hand is, is, that nice blue um that one she knew i was looking at that one she knew i liked that one a lot and i that's another one i don't think i could ever get rid of i love that watch i don't wear it as much anymore because i'm not physically going to work and i, I used to wear it to work a lot yeah and it's not really a watch i wear around the house <laughs> or you know so uh yeah that that one i i love that watch i think it's uh it's beautiful i love that one it just it fits just right. I believe it's 39 or 40 millimeters. I'm not sure, but it fits me just right. It looks cool mm. when I, when I dress up or when I dress down, I think it looks, it, it's a, it's a nice piece. So what do I have four watches I'm in my collection 
my wife has a, a date just uh 36 millimeter the the not the because i believe they came out with a new model of the date just about a year ago or two years ago um so she, she has, has the one previous before prior. that one yeah yeah nice. i think they released that new one like months after i got hers so so you got it for that. her for the <laughs> yeah for i got the it one for year her. anniversary or? yes yeah so for i got her um that watch for a one year wedding anniversary and then she, she got, got you one for a second Seiko for so third year is your turn then again <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's not really into watches too much but she's into that one so <laughs> so let me ask you something just just because p and i are coming from very different worlds and like my wife anything that costs like over 350 dollars she thinks is a lot so when I got my vintage Omega and was like, I don't know, I've been very transparent about this. It's like 1350, 1400 bucks. She was flipping out, even though I sold like four pieces in my collection, all Seikos and I saved up and everything. And, and she was just flipping out. She's like, why are you wasting your money on those things? Like, it's just a waste of money. Like to her, everything is about the future and the bigger picture and stuff like that. So she's a very minimalistic person when it comes to, wealth and things that you own and things like that she doesn't like that she doesn't like to be flashy she doesn't like to wear jewelry she doesn't like name brands she's very simple so it's very difficult and i've told p it's very difficult for you as a watch collector to be like i love this and i want a rolex and i want this yet be on the other side of the coin with somebody that's like it's not just my money i can't go out and, and buy this so i don't i can't speak for p but i know that I, I don't know. He just can't go out and spend $3,000 either. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So when we speak to collectors like yourself, it's always to me personally, I can only speak for myself. I'm very impressed. Not so much because like, Oh my God, you, you have $3,000. Cause I know that's attainable for a lot of people. If you save and all that, it's not impossible. We're not talking a Patek Philippe here, but the fact that you're married and your wife was not only cool with you getting the black bay, but gifted you a grand seiko which i'm sure wasn't a thousand dollars it was a lot more so do you mind talking about your relationship a little bit and how that dynamic works or or i i don't know i think well she's not really into flashy things either and and it might it might sound like i'm lying but i'm not really into flashy things as well um sure i have spent a lot of money on watches um and sure they're not you know, it's just a piece of metal on your wrist that tells the time. Your your phone can tell the time, right? Correct. But I do appreciate quality things. Not necessarily name brand, but if that name brand is making quality things, then yeah, I definitely appreciate it. But I do like quality things. Like I don't buy a lot of clothes. I buy, you know, a little bit of clothes, um, but like quality pieces that I think can last a long time, um, that I can, you know, wear with in various occasions. I, I just like quality things. So my wife, I, she's very much the same. She likes quality things as well. Um, she's not really into name brands at all. Like I, I, I think <laughs> that a lot of women like, you know, purses and, and things like that. And she's really not into like a Louis Vuitton bag or anything like that. So I'm lucky in that sense. And she appreciates and understands <laughs> the fact that, you know, I like some quality things. Um, I mean, we don't drive fancy cars at all. We like Hondas. We both happen to have Honda Civics. Um, I love them. I mean, I yeah, just awesome go from point A to point B. Um, I don't really need anything fancy. So I think we're pretty on it, um, it um, financially. Um, we sort of agree on things financially. So I'm lucky in that sense, definitely. So, so when you bought your Black Bay 58, were you already married, about to get married? 
I was married. Yeah, I was married. And, and I guess when you're not into watches, it's hard to explain why this <laughs> silly piece of steel costs 3,600 bucks. Right. Yeah. Right. But I think I'm, I was, uh, I was very persuasive in telling <laughs> why it meant so much to me and why cool, how cool I thought it was. Um, and she knows I don't, I, I don't spend a lot of money on things. I, I'm not a big spender on things. I'm fairly, even though these watches were expensive, I mean, I'm always thinking about um, finances in the future and investing in the future. So makes sense. Yeah. So it's not like we're throwing away our, our, um, our rent money or mortgage for this. It's, it's, it's um, uh, yeah, we're, we're good <laughs> financially. So no, that's good. Mm-hmm. Was she excited with the Rolex when she, cause you said she doesn't care. So, Oh yeah. She was very excited because at that time she already knew that I was into watches a lot. And um, she just heard me talking about them for years and how cool Rolex was. Um, and uh, yeah, she was very excited when she got it and she wears it a lot. I mean, not so much since coronavirus cause we're at home a lot. And, but yeah, when we go out at work, she was, she was wearing it quite a bit. Yeah, that, that's super cool. That's super cool. All right. Well, um, I know you're looking for that next watch. You don't know what that next watch is, but we're excited to to see what you what you end up choosing, man, for sure. I mean, you have great yeah. taste. So really excited for your channel and the growth and and amazing editing, amazing uh, video and, and Thank you. Thank quality. You. And yeah, looking forward to everything you got you got planned, even if it's not watch related. I, I You're an enjoyable guy. And uh, yeah, we've really enjoyed connecting with you. But with that said, let's talk other things, guys. So whoever wants to start it off, let's just talk whatever you want to talk about. Pete, Brendan? <laughs> uh, I ain't got nothing. Like, hmm. Working home, that's it. It's been tough, no. huh, Pete? It's been real tough. I, is, a, is, a, is a state shutting down for you as well? Is what? Is it is it shutting down over there? Hair salons, malls, everything not shutting yet, down again? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. The governor on this bullshit still talking about wear mask out and blah 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 blah. And you know, some people are they're so stupid that and you know what I hate to even say that about humanity, but they're so stupid they don't understand they put a mask on and it protects them, but it protects me. And I feel like people are socially responsible be socially responsible. Like you know what I mean? But they're not. So. Right. I don't know. But. Yeah. There was a, I don't know if you guys saw, there was this video on, if you go to Yahoo, it was like in the homepage, some guys are on you, they're YouTubers. And they went to Huntington Beach here in California to give away free masks, right? So they're wearing masks themselves and they're wanting to give away free masks to people. And I just couldn't believe how many people are on the beach just kind of hanging out like nothing's going on. No mask, no nothing. And pretty much 99% of the people they approach got offended, cursed them out, said that mm-hmm. it's their right, that how dare they, that, oh, have you not heard that we breathe our own uh, carbon dioxide or whatever and this and that. Yeah. And it's just, I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, are these people just that stupid, I guess is the word. It, it's not just to protect yourself is to protect others like i don't know if you have something it's out of respect you know the numbers are definitely increasing it's not a lie it's not a political thing it, it's right. a, it's a human race thing you know it's, right but it is their choice you know what i mean so, absolutely yeah i mean you know but 
I mean, I agree. It's their choice. But if they sneeze and they have something and then they get me sick, their choice now made me sick. And then their problem now became my problem. So, I mean, I was watching a video where a lady actually coughed on someone purposely. <laughs> Isn't that, that a felony or something? That should be a crime. That should be a crime. You know what I mean? But uh, other than, you know what? I did watch the old school Karate Kid part one and part two. Nice. Back in the 80s. Took me way back, way back. You know what I mean? And um, I'm looking forward to the new Star Wars series coming out, hopefully in 2021. <coughs> um, Obi-Wan, yeah, that's going to be hot. Obi-Wan, look at Miguel. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't, and Brandon, in case you can't tell, I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> I, I've heard you guys, yeah, I've heard you guys' banter uh, about Star Wars, yeah. Looking forward to the new Obi Wan series, Mandalorian too. So, you know, we 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 gonna get into it, man. We gonna get. Did into you ever get your Baby Yoda? Nah, nah. Build a bread just opened back up, so hopefully that they'll be ready to get it in soon. You know, so I'm gonna be the first one in line to get that bad boy. All right, sounds good, Brandon. What what you got? Uh, so what have I been, I guess the whole coronavirus got me watching a lot more television, a lot more Netflix, like everyone, I think. And I really, really got into, um, the show Cheers and the show Frasier. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Old school. Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. So I watched all of Cheers and I'm on season nine of Frasier right now. It's so when I was younger, I, I'm born in 85. So I watched shows like um you know uh fresh prince uh right. things like uh you know uh i watched martin i, I watched a lot of black comedies when i was younger <laughs> i just did and and I, I related to them and i understood them um but during those times i you know cheers like i i, I was too young to be in a bar i don't know what a bar is when i was you know when a kid and uh frazier he's like a psychiatrist and like uh, what is all that stuff but right. now I, you know, I knew they were popular shows and I'm, I, I went back to watch them and they are brilliant. I love them. Oh yeah. Che- yeah. Cheers and Frasier. Yeah. They are, I think probably my two favorite sitcoms of all time at this point. Wow. Yeah, they're really you, good. I can tell you personally, I used to watch Cheers back in the day. Cheers came on Thursday nights. It was the lineup. It was the Cosby show. A different I, world. I watch Cosby's too. Yeah, I watch Cosby when I was younger. A different world. Cheers came on at nine o'clock, and then at nine thirty, a show called uh, Night Court came on. Mm-hmm. That was like the Thursday night lineup. Like you had to be in the house by eight o'clock. Wow. <laughs> like that was our shit back then. Crazy. Well, me growing up in Mexico was all telenovelas over there. So <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we got TV shows, and, and recently, th- I think this might hold me back from getting my new watch, but I've been getting into cycling again, and um, I like road cycling, and I'm considering getting a new bicycle. That's expensive. Uh, they, they ain't cheap, <laughs> okay. so so we'll see. We'll see what happens. That might that might take a little bite into my watch game, but we'll What see. are you looking for, like a carbon fiber frame or something like that? Something yeah, light and- yeah, something light, carbon fiber. I've been looking at the brand called Canyon. They make some good bikes at a at a good price, but yeah, they're pricey, man. And it's not just the bike, it's the gear, you know, helmets are 100 to 300 and shoes, the whole outfit, mm. it all adds up. So we'll see. I've been riding my old road bike and that one's doing great, but I'm getting that itch. Time to upgrade. 
maybe, maybe, you know, I don't need it, but I want it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's, that's why you work, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the reason why you work is just to enjoy life and buy yourself toys. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of what life's all about, man. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, for me, I, I honestly haven't been able to watch a lot of television. I've just been so busy trying to grow my social media empire if you will so i got instagram i got my youtube channel i got congrats this- on those thousand subscribers by the way Good job. i i appreciate it that was a lot of work so mm-hmm. yeah i've been trying to step it up it's really difficult i mean i i obviously am not a videographer at all by any means i just got the camera and the equipment i'm barely trying to learn all this crap and trying to edit and it's just so complicated and then i do have my spanish youtube channel as well so everything that i do in english i have to translate into spanish then go into the booth aka the closet and uh, record the audio and having a little one is very difficult because I have to wait until he goes to sleep and I'm tired by, by that time I've had a long day and I, I need to find the motivation to just go in and, and record the audio and do the voiceover and all that stuff. And then when you're not getting paid by any of this stuff, it's a little complicated, especially when sometimes I honestly feel like I neglect my family because so much time goes into this like right now recording the podcast i could hear my wife my son out there they're probably watching a movie and i'm i'm here because i'm passionate about this you know but thankfully i do have a supporting wife that she knows this is my passion and i'm pretty sure she'd probably rather me do this than be in a bar or with my friends or something she knows that i'm just doing this thing from the house and i'm passionate about it and 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 she's kind of cool with it well, i guess she's cool with it but the only thing i got to say is from a business perspective, coming from my personal thing that I do at work is I do sales and I've been very open about that before. And something that I'm big on is relationships, right? So never burn any bridges with anybody. Always have open doors everywhere. Be as nice as you can possibly be. Don't be fake, be transparent. Um, so yeah, if you're not a salesperson, I know P's not. And, and, and I tell him this all the time because I want him to to maybe start thinking this way because at the end of the day, YouTube is a business. Instagram is a business. What's the goal? The goal to get more followers. For some people, it's maybe a pride thing, right? Like, oh, I have 10,000 followers and it's just a pride thing. But for me, I'm looking at it from a business perspective because I do want to get to the point where I could provide, maybe not for my family, but I want to start making some commissions or or, or getting some watches in and for me to keep and maybe flip to buy more things, more equipment, better watches and just things like that and kind of grow the little empire without digging into my personal account, right? So that was the whole premise, honestly, for starting YouTube was not just to share my passion, but I saw the potential to to grow something and start a business for my addiction because let's face it, this is an addiction as much as we want to deny it or whatnot it is an addiction and is it something that i want to stop maybe not because i'm very passionate about it i've spoken to p about it i told him hey we have an addiction you know we we get something and we want something else and do you want to stop and p straight up said no i love the passion that i have for watches i love what it means to me so let's keep it going that's why we always encourage everybody to like our our um our uh, YouTube videos and our posts and leave information on our podcast or comments. Everything helps because of the algorithm. You know, we cannot control the algorithm. We could control the content. We could control what goes out. But once it's out in the wild, I mean, there's only so much we can control. 
And it really does mean the world to us for Brandon, for P, for myself. So that's all I got. You know, you, you, you need to just kind of stay focused and, and don't burn any bridges. And what I mean by that is I've gotten some negative comments from people. I've got people that maybe I've been wanting to collaborate with that just never get back to me. But you know what? Instead of holding resentment in my heart, I know that I'm going to get bigger. And eventually they will see the value in collaborating with me because maybe they see it from a business perspective as well. And they go, hey, I could use some of your followers. You could use some of mine. And if I was bitter about it, then it'll be dumb for me because I'll be digging my own grave. Rather than do that, you got to be the opposite, right? Keep an open open mind and, and just be open to it. Don't hold any resentment because this is a business after all. That's all I have to say. So, Well said, brother. Well said. Nice, nice. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But we're all going to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I, I know that for a fact. And we just got to keep working hard and, and keep showing that passion to, to people. And yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> well nice, nice. Well said. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Brandon, where, where can uh, people find you? Instagram, YouTube, throw it all out there. Uh, well, first off, thank you guys for having me. I definitely appreciate it. It was great talking to you guys. It's 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 weird because I listen to you guys and then like <laughs> hearing you talk back to me, it's like this is odd, you know. But you know, yeah. I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, uh, you guys are doing a great job. Definitely appreciate it. And and uh, and you can find uh, my YouTube channel. It's just my name, Brandon. Manancio spelled M-E-N-A-N-C-I-O. Um, my Instagram is, it's more just, it's not really focused on anything. It's just more of my personal Instagram. You could follow me there if you'd like. It's uh, B-S-H-A-A-W-4. That's B-Shaw4. And I think you could find people on Instagram just searching their name too. So, yeah. I think so. But he has some pretty cool uh, watch pictures. And I mean, he does share a lot of his personal life on there, which is cool, but he does have some really cool watch pictures on there. So yeah, take a look if you'd like, but yeah, yeah, that's where you could find me. And we got uh, what three videos now and more on the way. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, I'll keep pushing them out. I, you know, I appreciate folks liking them. I appreciate people watching them, but for me at the end of the day, I just love creating it. And I get that sense of accomplishment when it's, it's done. Like I really like that feeling. Um, so if people enjoy it all the better so it's great sounds good right yo Ross wristwatch love everywhere YouTube Facebook Instagram where you can catch me at sounds good well Brandon uh, thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for the kind words it really does mean a lot to me as yeah. I always close my or the show and and, and my in my channel I would say stay humble. And a lot of people just maybe think it's just like a phrase, but it's not. I give it a lot of thought. And when I say that, I really do mean it. So I could assure you that if the podcast ever blows up or we ever get to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, P and me are always going to remain humble. We don't care who you are. And if you're starting out and you want to jump on the podcast with us, we're always going to be cool because we're just enthusiasts, you know? But anyway, SoCal Watch Reviews on YouTube on Instagram, and Relojeando on YouTube. If you speak Spanish or you have somebody who speaks Spanish. Uh, but there you go. Guys, P, thanks. Brandon. Thank, thank you, guys. You, Brandon. Much love. Thank much you, love. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And it's always my friends. Stay humble.